0: Greetings, everybody. I'm Jeremiah. That's him. She's Vanya. That's me. Welcome to another episode of the Beard & Curls podcast, where culture and creativity meets consciousness.
1: If you're new here, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel.
0: Or follow us on your favorite platform for the latest, most exciting conversations anywhere.
1: Okay, let's do this.
0: Cue that intro.
1: What's up, guys? It's your girl, Margo Bingham. Karen Parsons.
0: You're now tuned in. You're now tuned in.
1: You're now tuned in. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in. To Beard and Curls. Beard and
0: Curls. Beard and Curls. Beard and Curls. Beard and Curls. Keep it locked. Today, we're going to be talking about adult friendships with the one and only Kat Bellows, user experience designer, author, speaker, facilitator, coach. She does it all.
1: You know her. You love her. Kat. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. So Kat, you wrote two books about uh, adult friendships. So the first one is We Should Get Together, and the second one is Connected from Afar. So what was your inspiration behind your first book?
2: So the first book, which is We Should Get Together, looks like this for anyone who's watching. Um, This book was inspired by my experience moving to San Francisco six years ago. Um, it was, I've lived a lot of places, I've moved different countries, different cities, different states, like all, all over, um, but this was the first time in my life where um, I actually had a hard time establishing a regular friend group. Like I'm a pretty friendly person, I like meeting new people, um, I'm an introvert, but I really, really value community and connection and that sort of thing. So I was meeting really cool people here, but I wasn't getting like a regular like deep close friend network and I was puzzled by that experience and I would talk to other people about it and they would say that they also were having a hard time making friends in adulthood in general and uh, that really intrigued me because uh, I'm a user experience designer so I care a lot about the experiences people have and Mm -hmm. a researcher as well so very curious about things. Um, and I'm facilitator of community groups. And so I care a lot about belonging, how people connect. And so I got really just intrigued with the topic and was doing all kinds of like research and writing and essays and events and all these things, uh, digging into that topic of connection in adulthood. And uh, eventually, that was back in 2015, 16, 17, 18. So it just like kept going. And eventually I just had all this content. I was like, this is too much for a medium post or whatever. I was like, I'm writing a book. Wow. Okay, (laughs) here we go. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how the first book came along, uh, was really uh, based on a challenge I had and that many, many, many people around me had. Um, And then the second book, which is an addendum, which is a very short kind of like activity book, is Connected From Afar, A Guide Mm -hmm. to Staying Close When You're Far Away. And I put this out this spring um, because there was a lot of content I didn't include in the first book, which was really all about like IRL friendships, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily long distance. Um, and connected from afar after the COVID pandemic broke out, a lot of people were reaching out and saying like that they were having trouble like keeping their friendships going without being able to get together face to face. And so this um, is a book that's more just like six months of weekly connection prompts for things you can do with your friends from a distance to get you through a good half a year. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's different. The first one's like a lot of research and chapters and stories and things like that. Um, and the second one's just like open it and then go.
0: Wow. Okay. Powerful. I just wanted to kind of jump in there, just kind of ask, going back to something you said earlier, as far as like when you moved out there, there was, you know, some challenges that you had and then you noticed that others were having similar challenges or other challenges. What are some of the things that came up as far as like challenges that people were having when they moved somewhere else and weren't able to make those connections?
2: Yeah. So one big one that came up was, um, and I experienced this at 10 was like feeling like I didn't have access to my friends on a spontaneous basis. So like needing to have scheduled time with them like two, three, four weeks in advance to get time in their calendar. Um, because like I opened the book with this anecdote from my own life where it was like a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Oakland. I was like ready to hang out with some friends and like nobody was available. Like. Everybody already had plans. And I had posted at that time, I was still using Facebook and I posted, I was like, Hey, it's Saturday. I would love to hang out. Like who wants to hang out? And either all the people who were in town, uh, were like already busy with something and all, or everybody else lived out of state. And so I was like, cool. Who who do you hang out with when you just have time and you want to spend it with folks? And this is like a common challenge, uh, for folks who, Uh, in adulthood find like life gets busy and people book up their schedules and it's hard to see folks um, on a whim. But that's one of the joys of friendship is having the ability to connect at any moment. And a lot of loneliness can come in when people do have the impulse to connect and there's like nobody there. Um, Other challenges that come up that I talk about in the book. uh, So we talk about the four biggest challenges in uh, making and maintaining friendships. And those were Busyness is one of them. So that's kind of related to the story I was just mentioning. Um, Hypermobility is what I describe it as. And that's the constant movement of people, like in and out of cities, as well as, uh, you know, pre COVID, like lots of long commutes, lots of just being constantly on the go. And then, along with that, number three would be friendship. um, I'm sorry, family and relationships. So when people get hooked up in a tight partnership or they have a lot of kids going on, it's like their time is less, and their you know availability for friendship is often reduced. Um, And then the last one is honestly intimacy. It's just like getting better at getting closer. A lot of folks like have a lot of acquaintances or folks that they like to go grab a drink with, but not necessarily someone they feel comfortable crying in front of or talking about a real life struggle with. So, um, so those are the four biggest challenges they talked about it in the book.
0: Wow. No, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of tackle the one you talked about busyness and things like that. So how easy is it to maintain a relationship or a friendship or establish a friendship when you hardly see somebody because everyone's on the go?
2: Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And that's the experience that so, so, so many, like hundreds of people would like RSVP to come to these gatherings I was doing because that's a challenge they have. And big, you know, interesting cities like New York, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, like places where there's a lot of cool stuff generally happening, you know, folks felt very busy. And we also live in a culture that rewards busyness. You know, when someone says, how are you or have you been? And you get to say busy, you know, it makes it sound like, yeah, I'm doing good, like, I'm I'm in demand, you know, <laughs> like, that's what busy means to folks, um, mm-hmm. seems like a good thing. But unfortunately, busyness also costs a lot as well. And what it often costs is that time that gets taken away from nurturing the friendships and connections that actually add a lot of value to your life. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, that's true. Um, so you said like in your first book, you talk about re- a lot about research, and then in your second book,
2: your second book seems more practical, right? Well, um, they're both super practical. So, like, practical. It, so the first book has activities at the end of every single chapter as well, like oh, okay. strategies that people can use to overcome that challenge that's mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's super practical in that way as well. Um, you know, to be honest, a lot of folks were like, I need help with friendship, but like, I don't read books. Like, can you just tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. And so Connected From Afar is like that. It's like there's okay. illustrations and then there's like things that you can do literally with a friend that's just like two, three paragraphs, like jump in, go. Um, so for the people who love the research and the digging in and really want that, the first book is really going to give you that. And for the folks who just want to dive in and go, they can either cut straight to the activities in yes. the first book. Uh, There's, like, lots of, like, try-its that you can do together. Uh um, Or you can just read the second book, Connected from Afar. And you can do that now with everybody because, like, COVID. So, like, you're probably trying to stay in touch from a distance anyway. Mm
1: -hmm. what are What are some of your favorite activities?
2: Um, Yeah. So one of my favorite activities um, is the one I had just flashed on screen really quick, which was, um, it's called Morning Ritual, which is this one from uh, Connected from Afar. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in this one you talk to a friend to find out how they normally spend the first like the first part of their day So like maybe the first 15 minutes or the first hour of their day And Mm -hmm. then so you each talk about what you do and you figure out like what's necessary like oh I need to feed the cat or like and what's not necessary like scrolling Twitter before you eat Mm -hmm. breakfast or something Um, and then instead You write a new morning ritual for your friend to take up, whether it's the first 15 minutes or hour, and then they write one for you too. And for a week, you each commit to doing that new morning ritual that your friend made up for you. So maybe instead, um, you know, I say, you know, Vanya, I think it would be great. So, like, Vanya's gonna wake up and after turning off the alarm and hitting, you know, maybe hit snooze for 10 minutes, then get up, and then you're gonna do like five minutes of stretching before you go brush your teeth. And mm-hmm. then after you brush your teeth, you put the coffee on. And instead of opening Instagram, you're going to, um, I'm going to send you five poems. You're going to read one poem every morning while your uh-huh. coffee is being made. You know, and like just different things like that to switch it up and that add mm-hmm. nurturing and value and mm-hmm. creativity to each other's lives that we often just fill with fluff, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, you awesome. definitely get the part about the snoozing right. I think <laughs> 15 minutes is definitely in order for her. <laughs> At least one. Yeah, no. It, these were cool. I really I really like that. That was very nice. And so I want to go back to something that I you heard you said earlier, like you talked about being an introvert and still having that need to connect. For someone who may and it, it doesn't mean that you know introvert, you know, is aligned with awkwardness, but who may not feel like they have what it takes to maybe go up to someone and really make that connection. What are some things that people who are maybe more Apt not to being you know to approach others to be able to still have those connections.
2: Yeah. So one thing I always try to clarify with folks too is like I'm an introvert, but I'm not shy. So when I was a kid, I was shy and introverted. Um, Mm -hmm. But eventually, I you know around high school, I kind of busted out of the shyness. Um, But my introversion is really about my energy, right? So like it takes a lot of Mm -hmm. energy for me to interact with folks, and afterwards, I need a lot of solitude, downtime to recharge. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm also like very outgoing. I like talking to people. I'm curious about folks. Um, And that is actually one of the key things to overcoming awkwardness is curiosity about other people. I have a section in the first book, We Should Get Together, that's all about awkwardness, um, where I interview a therapist to talk about, you know, what is it when we say the word awkward and like what's really behind that and how can people get past that? And one of the um, two things that are really important to remember is like awkward often becomes a catch-all word in our vocabulary for like a different kind of emotion. And underneath the awkwardness, there's a different feeling. So it might be fear of rejection or um, feeling embarrassed, like not knowing what to say. It might be feeling surprised. It might be feeling uncomfortable. It might be um, feeling surprised. You know, there, there's just like any any different kind of emotion that's there and it's easier to overcome that emotion if you can identify it instead of just calling it awkward. Because sometimes we just label stuff as awkward and then we're like, well, that's awkward, period. Mm -hmm. And then we don't do anything about it. But it's like you can do something about it if you figure out what the real emotion is and then take steps to address that. And so the second thing is once you identify those feelings, learn to get more comfortable with them by either A, like uh, scaffolding up like little challenges for yourself. So if you're afraid of rejection, maybe you start with like a small thing Uh, that feels like low risk to confront your fear of rejection, which is like asking a friend that you've already hung out with before to do something new with you. So like they might say no, but like you've already hung out with them, so they're probably going to say yes, versus like a big ask would be like asking three new people that you've never hung out with to do something new with you. You know, Mm -hmm. the fear of rejection is still there, but the risk is higher. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is um, there's a lot of research that shows that when you put your attention on somebody else and get curious about them, your brain can't really focus on you and them at the same time, and a lot of awkwardness comes from focusing on you and like worrying about how you're performing or worrying about how you're coming across or what you seem like. But if you're focused on the other person, your brain's just going to focus on that, and then you can you forget to be awkward <laughs> or to feel awkward because <laughs> you're actually you know really interested in what they're about. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so that's another big part of the practice of uh, getting getting better at getting closer to people is like, get into them and out of your head.
0: Got it, got it. No, Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that. I want to kind of follow up on that. So like, if somebody's not not naturally a curious person, how can you develop that skill to become more curious just about different things to be able to open up some of these possibilities and these opportunities?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this question. So um, I have a whole section in there called Better Than Small Talk, which is also the name of the event that I used to run uh, for folks who wanted to make, make new friends. Um, is that often a lot of people? Uh, they're not sure what to say. They're not sure what to ask. They don't know, you know, are they gonna offend somebody? Is it gonna be weird? Is it gonna be awkward? Um, but people honestly like light up when they're given a chance to talk about something different. And so um, I would say, like, practice asking questions. And you don't have to like be original. You, there's like over 300 questions in that section I provide in the book. You can just pick like five questions that really jump out to you and like start asking people that instead of asking them about the weather and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, you don't have to ask somebody like their biggest, deepest, darkest secret. Like, that's not going to work like, right off the bat. But right. you can ask something that helps. Um, there's another study that talks about how when people disclose something from their personal life, it doesn't have to be like, again, like their biggest, most deep secret, it can just be like a personal story from their past or something that tells you a little bit about who they are, that people get closer to each other quicker that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a couple of examples of questions that provoke that reflection, but aren't scary to ask. They're more fun than saying, how's the weather in, you know, Vancouver. You can say, um, (laughs) do you want to hear a few? Yeah, yeah mm. Okay, so um, did you ever try to get away with anything when you were a kid? Um, mm-hmm. What were three sweets that you loved when you were a child? Um, what were three songs that you loved as a teenager? Mm-hmm. Tell me about a book that has changed your life. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your favorite comfort foods? Let's see, yeah, you know, things like that, that kind of give you, like they usually have a story attached to them. Um, mm-hmm. I also love, um, tell me about a place where you feel really at home. Um, I love that question because that's not necessarily like where you grew up. It could be like your best friend's couch. It could be like a park across the street that you go to every time you're sad. There's like, so many different kinds of answers that you can get that are, that are so much more interesting than just like, so where are you from? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So things mm-hmm. like that so yeah, I would say no, practice cool. with asking different kinds of questions and see how it feels and then notice what kinds of questions get people to light up and open up to you
0: mm-hmm. and that's actually where I was going to go with this like some of these questions like as you were you know sharing them with us I was like oh this is really nice you know it really just creates an environment you know to really get at something much deeper so how did you get at these questions like what was the inspiration for some of these questions that you were able to put in the book
2: yeah, so I love questions. I love asking questions. I love listening to people talk. Um, and I, for like a year and a half, probably, I was just obsessed with questions. That was one phase of this process was like, I was just writing down Questions I thought were really interesting, and then like people who knew me, like friends or coworkers, they would know that I was like on this <laughs> mission of like collecting questions, um, and they would like start to suggest some. They were like, "Oh, I thought of a good one. You should write this one down." And so, um, got some good good uh, recommendations from folks. But yeah, for like a good solid year and a half, I had that, and then I would use these to put together an event where people came in and and provoked conversation based on these questions, and there was no small talk allowed. Wow. Yeah, and that's called Better Than Small Talk. And if you go to betterthansmalltalk.com, you can actually get all the cards as questions or like printable, um, or you can get the book and all the questions are in the back of it. Wow.
1: That's great. I like it because like sometimes it takes just one question to to, to open up a whole conversation. And then because of that one question, you end up having like a meaningful conversation versus like small talks like you're saying. Exactly. Um, And I think, Nowadays, because everybody is so busy, it's like easy to forget to 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 be how how it was to be simple and how it was to just be you know take your time and ask simple questions because the questions are not are not difficult. It's just that people don't take the time to to ask them.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. We should download.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll definitely have to check. I it want
1: out. you to ask me the questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah. yeah,
1: yeah for sure. For we'll sure. Practice. No, but even if you've been together for a long time, I think it's nice to ask questions because you can still like like get to know each other in a different way again. And there are things that you still don't know about each other. So you can always keep learning. Yeah. So we have three hundred questions for a whole year.
2: And I will just ask <laughs> the questions again Boy, next questioned. year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so true, Vanya. I was on the phone with a friend the other day. We hadn't talked for a while. She's been in and out of like town, and so we talked, and we just ended up on this conversation. I asked her, I was like, "Can you tell me about a magical experience you've had in nature?" Because she spends a lot of time in nature. She's like camping all the time and stuff. And so I just asked her that question, and we just had the best conversation. She told me about this like amazing experience, like with the Perseids meteor shower in the desert and the mountains and all this stuff. And then I got to tell her a story about a magical experience in nature. And we've known each other for like two, three years and we've never talked about that before. So like you can still learn really amazing things about people you've known for a long time.
1: That's awesome. You remind me of uh, of my friend also who loves to talk about planets and she, she would call me and tell me, did you see this planet? Did you see the moon? It's full moon. I think it's so cute because She's like always ha- always has like a like an exciting story to to share about nature, planets and stuff. Yeah. so it just reminded me of my friend. Yeah. But yeah, I think I like that because yeah. even with friendships you can get into you can fall into a routine and you have to realize that you have to be intentional again yeah. in order to discover new things exactly. um, So from everything that you're sharing, it almost seems like when, like if you compare it with dating, you show a lot of interest right you ask questions and stuff so if we treat our friendships the same way like show that type of interest like ask questions i think i think it can have like great results like the same strategy like show interest ask questions
2: exactly absolutely it is a lot like dating very very mm-hmm. much so all the way through it's like mm-hmm. if somebody wants to be in a relationship they need to make it known that they're looking for a relationship, like it doesn't work if you just like keep that a secret and like never go on dates and never talk to people. And if you're looking for friends, the same thing—you got to be open about it and then do all of the same things: show interest, ask good questions, follow up in a timely manner, <laughs> things like that—that that help keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: I want to ask you something else too, on huh, cat. So like. We kind of started the conversation talking about when you move somewhere and trying to build a network trying to make friends and so a lot of times we're so consumed trying to ingrate ourselves in the new environment that sometimes the people that we left behind or the people that we've known before you know we made the transition you know we sometimes have a hard time keeping those relationships going so what are some of the you know uh, things that you can share with us now to kind of help someone who's going through that right now where maybe they're not quite where they want to be in the new environment and then they're losing some of the friendships in the old environment. How can they kind of like get around that?
2: Yeah, that's a really important one. Um, It's really important to not forget about all the people who've been a part of your life, you know, that you want to hold on to. Like not every friendship lasts forever. Sometimes people are there for a season and then they leave for a reason. But if those are people from your past that you want to stay connected to, it's really important to take that um, intention to like keep up and like maintain those friendships with some kind of regular contact. So for example, um, one of my best friends, we've been friends for like 20 years and like we've gone in and out, like most of the time we've known each other, we have actually not lived in the same city. We used to be roommates and we lived in the same city, then I moved away. and over the years like sometimes we would talk frequently and then a few months would go by and we wouldn't talk and over the last like year or two years we just decided like we're gonna talk every single weekend even if it's just for like five minutes or we're gonna like reach out every saturday or sunday just to be like hey do you want let's connect like one's good Um, Just so it doesn't fall away and we don't like get into that place where it's been months and months since we connected. And so we've just agreed together to make it a habit because we really value that friendship and want to keep it, you know, ongoing, you know, so that there's never this sense of like, oh, catch me up on your life. It's been like seven months. It's like not like I know what's going on in his life because we talk like every week or two. And so it's like Mm -hmm. you just drop right back to where you were, you know. And I think maintaining that context with each other's lives is important. And it doesn't have to take an hour. It's not like we talk on the phone for an hour every single time. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it is an hour and a half. But it's like, it's not so much about like checking a box around it has to look a certain way, but it's about making a commitment that we wanna be a regular presence in each other's lives. You know, And doesn't have to be on the phone. I have another friend I write letters with and it's like the chillest friendship ever You want to talk about no pressure. It's just like (laughs) we show up in each other's mailbox like every couple of weeks and it's always fun. But it's never like an inconvenient time. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, here I am talking to you now. Here you are talking to me now. And it's actually especially during this pandemic, it's actually been one of the most like pleasant and like relaxing experiences of friendship. And we both agreed like let's just write letters for a little while because we're all on devices all day long anyway. And so being able to connect, not on the phone, not on the computer is really joyful. Yeah. More Mm
1: -hmm. organic. I remember those days when I used to write letters to my friends. That was,
2: that was Uh, nice.
0: Back in the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it felt really personal, didn't it? To get like something in someone's handwriting. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I wanted to kind of ask you this though. So like, um, A lot of times people talk about like getting together. Like I know, like, I don't know if it's a California thing. I don't want to put California on blast, but a lot of times people (laughs) say, you know what, let's hang out. Like we'll see each other in passing and things like that. You know what, let's have dinner. You know, let's, let's make it happen. And it never goes nowhere. So what is behind that, that people say the right things, they seem to have the right intentions, but there's (laughs) no actual follow through with with making it happen.
2: Yeah. So um, this is definitely I feel like it's not just California, it might be a whole West Coast thing because I've lived from (laughs) Seattle down through the whole thing. And so in California, I do find that a lot. And I even saw, this is really funny y'all, I saw a video one time that was for English language learners where they were giving like hints about American English. And they were like, when someone says, let's hang out, let's get together. That just means I like you. They were like, that doesn't mean they want to get together. And I was like crying. I was like,
1: no, I mean
2: it. But not everybody means it. Some people just don't know how to end a conversation and say, you know, it was really dope talking to you, Jeremiah. I'm glad we met. I hope you have a a good day and a nice life. You know? (laughs) Like, we don't know how to walk away. Just being like, this moment shared with you was really nice. And that's okay for it to just be this moment. So for some people, it's just about maybe learning how to be more honest when you wanna end a conversation. Mm-hmm. And to just say like, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks mm-hmm. for telling me your story about, yeah. you know, your experience in yeah. the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and then just be like, bye. All right.
1: yeah.
2: And when people do mean it and you do wanna to get together again and you do wanna follow up and see them again, I say, and I talk about this in the book, it's like, take out your phone, open the calendar and Mm -hmm. nail it down, because Mm -hmm. if you don't, uh, too many folks, this is one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to establish a new friend, is like they say that they want to meet up again or spend time together again, but then they, the time just slips away. They haven't actually made it concrete, Um, and one of the strategies that's in there is, talks about like make it concrete, as soon as you can. And then before you stop hanging out, so like, let's say we all get together. We all like this so much that we all watch a movie together over Netflix party next week. Mm -hmm. Before we hang up or before we end that hangout, we open our calendar again and we pick the next date and we Mm -hmm. nail it down before we part. So that Mm -hmm. that way it's never left to this open-ended, I don't know, I don't Mm -hmm. really mean it, whatever. If you mean it, let's make it real.
0: Wow, no, mm-hmm. I like that. I like the whole idea of just let's lock it in right then and there, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's like right now is all we have. We don't know what's gonna happen later on. We don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So let's go yeah. on our phones, you know, look go into the calendar and lock it in and that way we know we have something planned. And then if things come up and we have to, you know, deviate from that, then I so well. But at least we knew we had that plan and you know, it'll be it'll make it easier for us to commit to that once we have a
2: plan in but- place. Yeah, totally.
1: Because, yeah. if, because you should either, like, if people can't, then you, you're going to reschedule instead of not having anything, exactly. right?
2: Exactly, yeah. And if it's mutual, if you both mean it, then it won't feel pushy to be like, oh, let's, let's book it. Let's save it. It's going to be exciting because you're both going to be like, yeah, I'm in. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. Okay, cool. Let's do this. And then that's actually, like, more momentum and more excitement. Um, if somebody doesn't mean it, that might be frightening to them because they're like, oh, I didn't actually mean that. What am I going to do? But then that the lesson for them is be honest. It's okay yeah. to just say it was nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, how can someone identify quality connections? Yes.
2: Yes. So, um, it's going to be so, first off, there's some variance for each person because we're all different. We all like different things. We all like have different priorities and values. But I do have um, the whole first section of the book where I talk about, um, you know the the traits of the most successful thriving friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're things to look for when you want to deepen your connection or when you want to uh, take someone who's in like acquaintance land and like bump them up, like level them up to a new thing. So the four, I call them the seeds of connection their frequency, proximity, commitment, and compatibility. Um, certainly in the in COVID, maybe proximity is going to be a challenge. So you're going to have to focus more on your compatibility, frequency, and commitment. And within that, there's different things. So in commitment, you know, there's going to be trust and openness and caring and reciprocity and things like that, um, that are all traits of healthy friendships. And so I talk about that, at length in there and I recommend that people examine like what's missing in your friendship and where do you need to boost it. So if you have trust and you have that respect and you feel that there's a sense of caring but you don't feel reciprocity, like if you're always reaching out to your friend and they're never reaching out to you back, it's okay to ask for that. If you feel that trust and you feel like they care about you, you know, I've had this conversation with another friend of mine where I was like, you know, I love spending time with you and I notice we only hang out when I text you first. So would you be willing to text me first sometimes? And mm-hmm. you know, they were totally up for it. And we even came up with like a like a code that either of us can text each other that means I want you to reach out to me, which mm-hmm. is like an emoji. It's an emoji that neither of us ever used because it was like 10,000 emoji. So, because whenever of us uh, sends that emoji to the other person, it means, hey, friend, mm-hmm. will you reach out to me? Because um, mm-hmm. we often don't know how to tell someone, like, I'm feeling lonely. Like, mm-hmm. I miss you. We say I miss you, but sometimes what we mean is I want you to take the initiative to yeah. hang out with me. Wow. You know,
0: that's awesome. I even like the whole concept of creating an emoji, like or coming up with an emoji that you both can identify with and know what it meant just for you guys. though.
2: So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- and there's like so many like emoji that are like deep in there. Like it's easy to find one that you don't mistake for something different or that you don't use on a regular basis and it's just like their emoji. It's nice. our like reconnection emoji. That's nice. Yeah. So, where can people find your book? Yeah, so anywhere folks buy books, they can get it. Uh, whether that's, you know, if you're on Amazon, that's fine, but I recommend supporting an independent local bookstore, preferably a black owned bookstore. Um, Mm -hmm. You can also order online from bookshop.org, which is awesome because they donate money to local independent bookstores as well. Um, So both of the books are on there. Um, We Should Get Together is available in paperback and hardcover as well as ebook and Connected From Afar is a paperback or ebook. Uh, the ebooks are actually on my website at we should get together.com or mm-hmm. like Kindle or wherever else you get ebooks. Basically, any place you get the books, you can find them. Just look for Cat Fellows or uh, the titles of either one of them.
0: Okay, awesome. perfect. Awesome. I had another question, Cat. So, like um, like, for some people, like when you connect with them, like even if you haven't talked to them in like years, like maybe two, three years, it feels like you were just talking to them like maybe yesterday. And then for some people, it's harder to reestablish that rapport. So what goes into maintaining that connection, even though you haven't really talked in a long time, as opposed to others, where it's like pulling teeth trying to make that
2: happen? <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably um, some of the chemistry, I would say. That's one of the four seeds of connection. And what it sounds like when you say you just drop in and it's like no time has passed, you probably have a stronger chemistry with that person and a stronger sense of like uh, deeper foundational rapport with each other. And probably I would sense a deeper sense of safety with each other. Mm. Um, Whereas if the other one feels like pulling teeth that you're never quite like connecting, like whether, um, you know, it's been a long time or short time, like maybe the chemistry is off there or you need to work on like deepening that level of like trust, vulnerability or safety in your connection so that you get to like a more comfortable place with them.
1: Wow. Or also maybe like, um there is a huge gap now between between where you guys were at let's say 20 years ago and where you guys are at right now because some people experience growth and then and other people may not experience experience as much growth and and then maybe you end up feeling like you don't have a lot in common anymore while you used to have a lot in common maybe in college.
2: Some of the people that I knew in school like they have you know, We haven't kept in touch and our friendship you know ran its course and then separated and no hard feelings and other folks i met again like i've been friends with most of my adult life so it's it's you never know who those people are going to be but they kind of reveal themselves to you as your life changes and as you change you see who can like roll with those changes and still feel that connection for you Mm yeah definitely, definitely
0: okay so now we talked a lot about the two books and so what other ways can you uh, share some of this knowledge and you know, share your work with others who may want to know more about this topic of adult friendships?
2: Yeah, so I work with kind of two uh, wings here. So one is with individuals who are looking to have more meaningful connection in their lives and through the form of friendship. Um, so I have Connection Club, which is actually kicking off on Monday. And uh, one of the number one things people say is that they wanna make time to nurture their friendships, but they just like can't find the time, don't make the time, it's not happening. So this is a combination of study hall, accountability buddies, and uh, art club, I call it. So uh, the first half is introvert friendly, we get together, and you actually focus on giving attention to the people in your life, whether that's writing them a letter, giving, making them a card, Um, following up to that message they sent you that you have gotten back to, um, things like that. And then the second half hour, which is extrovert friendly, is a chance for people on the call to meet each other. And so, or to ask me their friendship questions, I'm taking Q and A. So if people want to connect with me or connect with other folks who care about connection and friendship, they can come to that. Um, And I also do like different events for folks who are interested in friendship just at the events tab on my website. Um, And I also work with companies who care a lot about belonging and connection in the workplace. And so um, I do some co-design coaching sessions with people who want to create belonging programs in their uh, workplace, particularly now that a lot of people are working remotely. There's loneliness that creeps in when people work alone, whereas they really like seeing their teammates. And it was really easy to have casual friendships at work when you sat next to each other. And it's maybe harder now. So um, I have a lot of different strategies that I use to help folks connect from a distance uh, with work. So that's another uh, angle of my work is with companies and teams that want to incorporate more meaningful connection at the workplace.
0: Powerful, powerful. And then just going back to the Connection Club, uh, who can join that? And how does that part work?
2: Anybody can join. Um, They can go to connectionclub.eventbrite.com or just Connection Club at my website and click the link to sign up. Um, It is very interesting. I actually feel like I'm gonna have to spin up another version that's at a different time of day because I have it at five o'clock on Mondays and I've had people in like France say like, I want to join but that's two in the morning here. Can you do one in the morning at your time so I can join at night here? And I'm like, good call. So I may have to spin up another one for folks uh, that's more time zone friendly for other uh, folks Mm -hmm. who aren't in the United States. So uh, keep your eye on it. It's it's very hot. Like a lot of people have signed up. It's almost maxed out for Monday, which is mm-hmm. tomorrow. <laughs> um, and uh, there's likely to be another, uh, maybe a morning time coffee edition of Connection Club mm-hmm. coming yeah. soon.
1: So besides the platforms that you mentioned, where else can people find you
2: online? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at catvelos underscore author mm-hmm. and on Twitter at catvelos. That's K-A-T-V-E-L-L. Oh, yes. um, so folks can find me on social media there or mm-hmm. at my website, we should get together.com. Drop me a line, get on the newsletter. I'd love to connect. Awesome,
1: awesome. thank awesome.
0: you. All right, well Kat, thank you for taking the time and really coming on here and sharing all the insights that you did with us. Very helpful, very much appreciated. Mm-hmm.
2: This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: What are you having, folks. That's our show for today.
2: Thanks again for tuning in.
0: And as always, like it or not, Beard and Curls is the new his and hers.